dear listener and fellow story lover. The girls' own annual never ceases to amaze me with the wide variety of writing styles each volume contains. This week's offering is actually a monologue, a piece more typically appearing on stage than in a written story, and is in the voice of the local town gossip. I hope you enjoy this week's Stories from Before. The Village Dressmaker A monologue Written by May Isabel Fisk Read by Selina Cadell By permission of the Lutterworth Press Music by Stacey Weir Good morning. Nasty weather, isn't it? Shall I let it drip here in the entry? Or put it in the umbrella stand? I see you have oilcloth on the floor. Of course it's cheaper. But you'll find the best people about here don't use it. They don't think it's stylish. But there, I'm not saying anything. All right, just as you like. My sister has a lovely one, green on a gold ground, with a blue parrot. But she says by the time a lot of people put their dripping umbrellas in it and she forgets about emptying it, why, it soon puddles up and nearly runs over and rots the silk too when you let them stand in it. I usually open mine in a bathtub, upside down, so it can run away as fast as it likes. Yes, I know I'm a little late, but I live with one of my married sisters, and by the time we have the children washed and dressed and ready for school and the breakfast things to do up, and they never remember to clean their nails, why, it's no time at all before you know where you are. But as I said to Mrs. Binney last week, when I was up there doing up her voile the third time, but you'd never know it. I said to her, There's a new lady come to live in the Browns' house. And, I said, By her looks, she's a real lady too, and not the kind as will be making a fuss if you don't get there to the minute, or keep nagging at you to hurry up when you are making her things and see a good week's work ahead of you, as some others in this village do. But there... I'm not saying anything. It always takes one lady to know another. Shall I put my things down here? All right. I came off in such a hurry. In fact, I hardly had time for a cup of coffee. But then I said to my sister, I suppose Mrs. Spencer will be having a good hot lunch early. You've no idea what mean lunches you get at some houses in this village. But there, I'm not saying anything. But I said to my sister, I'm pretty certain Mrs. Spencer isn't the kind of lady as lives well and begrudges it to others. She's got the look of a good feeder about her, so I shan't mind waiting and feeling a little hungry. Why, I hate to trouble you, but being as you're so kind, I don't mind if I do. And then I never seem to get along so well with my work when I start out faint-like. It's very good of you, and I'll just sit down and get my breath while you're having it heated up. Cold vittles never agree with me. You haven't been here long, have you? Is that so? But I think I can correct you there. It was two weeks yesterday, not today. I was down at Mrs. Fraser's then, and I saw you. Her little girl is terrible on her clothes, tears them to bits. So I'm always going down there to sew her up and I saw you driving up from the station. My, but you had a lot of trunks, all covered with those foreign postmarks too. 
I expect you must have travelled in most civilised parts. I thought so. At the boarding house where my nephew lives in London, there was such a nice young lady, at least he thought she was, and as it turns out, she owed a lot for her board, and one day she went off and never came back, leaving her trunk and a canary bird, and when the landlady opened it, she didn't find anything but a few bricks and some newspapers. So, you never can tell. Oh, dear me, no, I didn't think so for a minute, but everyone is so for a show now. I'll take another slice of bread, please. I'm troubled so with indigestion. I have to be very careful. Everything seems to go to my stomach. We're all that way. It's in the family. There now, what are we going to begin on? Is that the material? Kind of flimsy, isn't it? Myself, I never believe it pays to make up cheap goods. Oh, oh really? Well, you know it's a fact, but nowadays the way they get goods up, you can't tell the cheap from the other. But of course, I knew as soon as I saw your stuff, it was something expensive. Though it hasn't the look of it. I'll just fetch my thimble out of my bag. We'll need the pins and scissors too. I hope your scissors have got a good edge on them. When ladies say to me, give me a good cut, I says, give me a pair of scissors as we'll cut and I will give you a good cut, all right. Not a bad joke, is it? I'm fond of getting a little rise out of a body now and then. I see you have got one of them paper patterns. I wish you'd let me get one of Dimmick's. They've got a special one for very stout ladies that would have fitted you perfect. Of course, I didn't mean that. Oh, no, I didn't think so. Oh, no, myself, I do dislike a lady that is too thin. So thin you can see a good points. Not bad, is it? No, I didn't make that one up. I can clear this table to cut on, I suppose. All right. Have any of the people called on you yet? Has Mrs. Squires been here? No, that's queer. She's a sort of social leader here and she usually calls on everyone when they first come. That is, if she thinks they're anybody. Still, she's been getting very particular lately. Of course, no one here knows nothing about you. But when we do, I think you'll find all friendly enough. I suppose you're a widow, living alone like this? Are you going to have those droopy shoulders? Oh, you're not. Oh, I see. A travelling gentleman. But not too long. They sort of oh hang around, so. Perhaps you'll be having some of your relatives come to stay with you. Oh, you won't? Aren't any of them living? Oh, they're not. I'm afraid people here will think that's rather strange. They're awfully particular. Now, there was another lady come here to live a while back, rather younger and slimmer than you, and she said she was married too, and she expected her husband before long. Almost the identical story. But he never come, and pretty soon people said there wasn't one, and she was glad enough to leave. But of course, you'll find everyone here has good, kind hearts, being different. I take it that was your little girl playing in the garden as I come in. I suppose you'll have the neck cut off and just transparent, but it hasn't got much body to it anyway. Has she got her father's eyes? She doesn't look much like you. 
but perhaps she takes after your husband's side. She doesn't look very strong. Seen anything of Mrs. Dodge, your neighbour on your right? I thought so. She always sends Susie over to borrow a cup of sugar or something of the kind so she can sniff around. She's always poking her nose into everyone's affairs and such a busybody and gossip. I can't understand it. But there, I'm not saying anything. I don't like her at all. She's another all for show and style. Her husband has a good income too, but she's pretty near drove him bankrupt. I gave her a bit of caution, but she didn't take it kindly at all. I said to her, You take my advice. Good husbands don't grow on every bush nowadays. Don't kill the fatted calf that lays the golden eggs. But she never thanked me for it. Where are the pins? Oh, here they are. Yes, I'll take it in. You aren't near so big in the waist as you look. Now, Mrs. Hooker, she was, er, stout, though not quite so heavy as you, and she used to take some physic for it that did her a world of good. Now, perhaps you... Oh, you wouldn't? Yes, the sleeve will have to be let out. Your arms are so nice and plump. Myself, I can't bear a skinny woman. That's right. Don't mind speaking out when I stick a pin into you. Some people seem to lie right up close to the material and then the pins work in pretty quick. But I'll try not to do it again. What colour's your husband? Oh, I didn't mean that. Oh, grey. Well, that isn't one thing or the other, is it? Myself, I like a good bright blonde with a drooping moustache and blue eyes or a brunette with a beard, the curly kind, not straight, and good red cheeks and brown eyes. Though, to tell the truth, I never gave the matter a second thought. I've had plenty of chances to marry if I'd wanted, but I refuse them all. I suppose I'm hard to please. I don't care for anything halfway. It ought to be hawked all the way down, and then maybe a bow to finish off at the bottom. No, thank you. I'll never be an old man's darling or a young man's slave, and you won't find anything else left in this village. Now, there was a young man who took rooms with us last summer from town. Wanted the country air, he did. And the way he went on about me was too silly. Really, he was daffy about me. Of course, I didn't encourage him at all. But he was just crazy about me. I know he would have proposed, but I managed to keep him off it. That discouraged him, I think. And then to sort of console himself, he began to make up to my niece. And first thing you know, if he hadn't gone and gotten himself engaged to her. I know it was only because I treated him so. Poor fellow. I don't think they're going to be very happy. I pity him. Gertrude's got an awful temper. And you would? Slit right from the elbow and then filled in. Yes, it might. I've managed to keep clear of matrimony all right so far. But of course, if Providence decides I must marry, why, I suppose in the end I must. And there is no use discussing it or saying another word about it. Oh, he doesn't? Well, you'd better explain to him then it was all my idea having it cut that way. If you don't mind, I'll sit here in the window so as I can look out between stitches. Is that a picture of your husband on the mantelpiece? Considerably older than I would have thought to see him. But I think those large, bald gentlemen always look that way. You must go well together. Mr Gubbins, our grocer, he's quite a power in the village here. 
He was that way too, very bald, just a little left around the ears and the back of the neck. And our barber, he recites Shakespeare beautifully, made him a wonderful piece, not exactly a wig, but when you see him on Sunday, you would never know him. He looks so different from ordinary days. It's lovely. When did you say your husband was coming? Oh, you didn't say. That's so. What business is he in? Really? It must be very trying, and you look so bright and cheerful. But of course he must be away a good deal. I suppose it must seem pretty quiet to you coming from... Where did you say you was from? Oh, you didn't say. From where? Why, that's the strangest thing I ever heard of. Think of that. Why, my brother-in-law's relations come from there too. Do you know the Budgeons, or the Farmers, or the Bidwells? You never met them? That is funny, because they are really quite well off. But perhaps you wouldn't meet them. Still, it seems very strange. Yes, the other sleeve is ready to try on now. Hmm, seems to stick a little. You might hold your breath. No, I don't suppose that would do any good. Why, no, it isn't. I cut it exactly like the other. It must be the fault of your arms. Probably they aren't mates. You know, you always hear people don't exactly match all over. For I know perfectly well it is precisely like the other. But I can easily let it out. No, I had just the same experience with another lady. She never knew she was all one-sided until I made her skirt and she tried it on for the first time. And there she was, right up on one side and down on the other. She was very disagreeable about it. When I told her she was all crooked instead of me, and I never got it to go right. Some people are so determined they're right when they're wrong. But there, I never say anything. And oftentimes, too, when my nervous system is on its last legs. I can't get over your not knowing the budgeons or the farmers or any of our friends up there. My brother-in-law's brother is getting up some kind of lectures to give there and neglecting his business for it, I say. I never could get along with him. Not my idea of a family man to always be with his head in a book. It's something about the ancient Egyptians he's discovered about. But as I said to him, those ancient Egyptians have waited a few hundred years for you to find them out, and now I expect it won't hurt them to wait a few months more while you put a little elbow grease into the garden and get the vegetables to grow. I always speak my mind right out to him. But there, I never say anything. Now... If I had a husband, no, I wouldn't have one of those straight up and down ones with bones. I think a nice soft turnover one edged with lace would suit you better. Your neck's so nice and plump. Yes, I think you'll find I'm right. I've got another married sister living past the cemetery and next to the railway station, but she's always kind of puny and not very cheerful. She suffers from a sort of decline and five children, so you can't wonder. Last time I saw her, she came to the house when I was out, so we didn't meet. And it didn't break my heart, either. She's always wanted me to come and stay with them. But soon's I get there, she brings out her work basket and begins to groan and says she has so much sewing to do. And I know what that means. And the first thing I know, I'm up to my eyes in buttons and tapes 
and stockings with holes big enough to drive a horse and cart through, so I don't find it convenient to go there very often, I can tell you. But there, I never say anything. I used to go up to London once in a while where my nephew boards, but it's pretty dangerous. Whenever I went across the street in front of one of those motor buses, I always had to wait till it got by and then get a policeman to take me across behind it. And then I can't sleep with all that noise going on. Often I would hear the clock strike as much as eleven after I was good and sound asleep. My nephew works for a very large firm. Bailey's Bilious Balm Balsam. He says it's good for most anything, though. I hear it's known all over the world, and other places too. They make another wonderful remedy too, called Thomas's Tinted Tincture for Thankful Thousands, and why, there goes Sarah Titchwell. She's carrying a bag too. I wonder where on earth she can be going at this time of day with that bag, if that doesn't beat all. She must be going to town. But I can't imagine what for. I always know about it when she plans to go. She must be going to take the 11.35. No, she's walking so quick, perhaps it's the 11.21 she's after. But that would take her Whoretown way, and I can't imagine what she's going there for. Well, I never. It's certainly a mystery. And she seems to be taking a lot of things with her, for that bag is loaded up to the top, or I'm much mistaken. If you don't mind... It won't take me more than a quarter of an hour. I'll just run around there and find out about it, and I'll stay five minutes or so later tonight to make up for it. All right. I thought you wouldn't mind, and probably you will have lunch ready by the time I get back. I won't be more in half an hour or so. Goodbye. The end. It's quite the character that May Isabel Fisk has created for us. I suspect one who was most likely based on someone she knew, or perhaps was a composite of some colourful local women. I hope you enjoyed a chuckle or two. Please subscribe and follow this podcast and share it with your family and friends. I hope you enjoy a lovely week and I look forward to being with you next week when I again share stories from before.